We're talking with Russ Haven, an attorney with the uh, New York Public Interest Research Group, and they recently put out a report uh, on the Smalls Claim Court, which is where people go to basically deal with low-level disputes, though important, things like landlord and tenants and uh, problems with contractors, sometimes with wage theft. So, Russ, you know, can you give us an introduction to this report and what you found? Sure. Um, so Nyberg's recent report, Small Claims, Small Changes, looked at the experience of people using the City of Albany Small Claims Court in calendar year 2021. And as it turns out, we had done a similar report back in 1978, so some 45 years or so ago, called Nowhere Else to Turn, where we surveyed people's experiences using the small claims court back in the 70s. So we had somewhat of a basis of comparison, and we wanted to see how the small claims court, or the people's court, as it's often called, was doing. Well, one of the things that apparently you found out is that uh, even when people win, unfortunately, they have a hard time uh, actually collecting on their judgment? Yeah, this is... Um, the uh, Achilles heel of the small claims court process. Uh, and as we say, winning is in everything uh, when it comes to small claims court. So what we found in, in the recent survey of uh, litigants or parties using the small claims court in the city of Albany, uh, we found out that while uh, a, substan a substantial uh, percentage of the the parties who uh, filed their claims won, 80% of the folks we were able to survey, we found that 75% um, of them uh, collected no part of their judgment. Um, now, we, you know, it was a relatively small sample because of the difficulties in, in getting through to people, uh, although we, we tried our best. But nonetheless, um, it points up a problem with the small claims court that Nyberg has documented over the decades and other groups that have looked at the court that uh, it's um, it's a convenient court to use, but the real stumbling block tends to be when it comes to collecting the money. So has Nyberg proposed some reforms about how to actually, you know, make enforcement of the judgments that you win, um, you know, better, more effective? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was part of the reason we wanted to look at this anew, is to see, is the experience the same and what kinds of things could we do to improve the prospects of collecting when you win in small claims court? So some of the things we'd like to see done uh, is have the judges actually use some of the provisions that are on the books uh, that were put back in, in the law back in the 1980s or so after the first uh, series of reports that came out and identified collections as a real problem in the court. So the judges, for example, can require a party to disclose information about where their assets are while they're in the court. Uh, there's, there's a law in the books that empowers them to do it. As far as we know, it never gets used. Um, for, for businesses who are defendants in the small claims court, um, the court can make referrals to the attorney general's office 
when they when they suspect there's a pattern of of consumer abuses going on, that doesn't happen. And there's a number of other provisions that were initially put in to try and um, give some backbone to the uh, uh, collections process. But um, you know, clearly, it's not working very well for the people who use the court. Now, have these reforms been, you know, pending at all in, in the state legislature or has the state legislature made any uh, improvements or, or, you know, even the, the, the Court of Appeals, I guess, sort of supervises all the courts, you know, have they weighed in to try to make this more effective? Um, not really. I mean, the, the small claims courts, because lawyers don't practice there, because the judges are rotated in and out. Um, we we tend to think it's it's not given the attention it deserves in the court system. The legislature did make one key change a few years ago, made it somewhat easier to collect a um, a security deposit that was wrongfully withheld by a landlord, um, and you know the, the that proposal um, had been kicking around the legislature for decades. It was one of the bills that uh, Assemblymember Richard Gottfried had introduced. He was in the legislature for some 50 years, and he, he was actually able to get it over the goal line in his last year before he retired. But um, even that needs some tweaking. But specific laws on collections, uh, we've got some bills pending. Uh, Nyberg's looking to... Uh, uh, work with legislators to try and introduce some additional uh, reforms that would increase the chances of success. Now, you can't get blood from a stone. So if you sue somebody in small claims court and they're so-called judgment proof, which means their only source of income is something like Social Security or, or uh, they're on public assistance and they don't have any real assets, those folks you can't do much about um, unless their prospects change. But we do believe with more information, with more help from court personnel, with access to information uh, about where people may have assets, you could really boost the success rate when it comes to collecting your money in small claims court. So if people are out there listening, you know, sh should they at this point, you know, actually try to deal with the small claims court? Well, one of the interesting findings of the study was that despite the problems, um, a significant percentage of folks were satisfied with the courts. Um, some uh, back in 1978, 67% said they were somewhat, at least somewhat satisfied with the court and their experience. Uh, in 2021, the folks who used the court, 76% uh, um, said they were at least somewhat satisfied with the court and their experience. And 69% of our recent survey respondents said they'd use the court again. And I think that's because as a practical matter, they have nowhere else to turn. Um, you know, small claims courts by definition are uh, in New York State, $10,000 or less. Uh, that would be the highest um, level you could sue for, but that's only in New York City. In the city of Albany court, you could sue for up to 5,000. And you're not going to get an attorney to take the case. And even if you did financially, it's it's not a winning proposition. Because by the time you pay the attorney, you'll have no money left um, to cover 
you know, what you what you had recovered, you know, your losses. Um, so we need to make this this uh, court better. Um, and it, in addition to the other reforms I mentioned, more court personnel uh, available to to talk to people and assist them um, would really be uh, would really help because there's been a, a big cut in the uh, courts over the years uh, in terms of court staffing and and you know it's it's felt with the move to automation and all uh, it's just um, harder for folks to uh, to actually talk to a live person when they need help. You know, and I'd expect that some people, you know, do like the situation where they get to talk to a you know, landlord or somebody else they're having a dispute with in front of a judge because everybody then be, tends to be on best behavior and, and may agree to do things, you know, irrespective of whatever, you know, is the final judgment. If people want to take a look at this uh, report uh, on NYPIRG website someplace. Sure. Let me mention two things. NYPIRG's website where you can get this report. And the other is for anyone who is interested in getting assistance using the small claims court. NYPIRG runs a consumer helpline called the Small Claims Court Action Center. We provide free assistance. Uh, we don't provide legal advice or courtroom representation, but we can help people navigate the system and understand it. So the NYPIRG website is at www.nyp, as in Peter, N-Y-P-I-R-G, as in NYPIRG.org. And if you need help with the small claims courts, you can call our toll-free number 800 566 5020. Russ Haven, Nyberg, and this has been Mark Dunley for the Hudson Mohawk Magazine.